huge news, years in the making, my brand new book that my publishers refuse to publish, Money Matrix. Beat the money system and build generational wealth. Understand the three main ways that the banks productize you and make money from you. You'll be able to turn that system against itself, build generational wealth and multiple streams of recurring income. It's all at moneymatrix.cash. And if you're quick, the first few hundred registrants and buyers will receive many special bonuses from me. The brand new Moneymaker Summit three-day special event. Meet me at a champagne reception. Meet me at a multi-millionaire networking dinner. Go now, moneymatrix.cash. This is huge. Welcome to the Disruptive Entrepreneur Podcast. For anyone who wants to make money and make a difference, grow and leverage your enterprise better, get more done in less time, outsource everything and create your ideal lifestyle. And now, your host, eight times best-selling author and double world record holder, Rob Moore. Welcome to the Disruptive Entrepreneur Podcast. This is Rob Moore here with part two of Raising Positive Kids. I got a a surprisingly great reaction to that podcast, actually, because, you know, this is called The Disruptive Entrepreneur and not everyone has kids and I wasn't so sure if it was the right niche. So thanks for your feedback. Part two, then. In part one, I started number 10, which was that your kids aren't meant to be happy. Now, this is contentious and controversial, but I'm going to go there anyway, because I have quite strong opinions on this. Because one of the things that people seem to say anywhere and everywhere is, hey, look, you, you know, you, you just got to be happy. Just make sure you do what you can to be happy. Make sure your kids are happy. And overall, you want happy kids. You want confident kids. You want kids with good self-worth. You want kids that are nice to people. I'm certainly not saying that. But it is absolutely impossible to have kids that are happy all the time. And if you try and put them in positions and situations where you have this naive fantasy that they're going to be happy all the time, they'll never experience any challenge. And if they don't experience any challenge, they'll never become independent. So they need to experience challenge to grow. This is really hard for a parent. So I'm not saying this is easy because... You know, you see your child going through some challenge and, you know, you can feel really emotional about that. That can hurt you. Also, you want to go in and save them and help them. Maybe they're getting bullied at school a bit and, you know, you want to go in and kick off instead of letting them figure it out themselves or just little things like, you know, sometimes, for for example, my son's just started putting his own seatbelt on in the car and he'll try and put it in and he'll, you know, push really hard and he won't really look what he's doing and he'll get, he'll get quite frustrated with himself and he'll, he'll get upset and I just want to think, oh, I've got to get where I want to be. I just want to help put him, put the seatbelt in. But if I keep helping him put the seatbelt in, he just stands there like, Daddy, put the seatbelt on. And, you know, it's like, um, peel me grapes, Daddy. So, you know, you want them to be overall happy and positive, but you need to enable them to have their own challenges, solve their own problems and grow through some difficulty. Now, the, the converse is if you put them in too difficult, too hard, too entrepreneurial situations, you can break their confidence, give them this really bad memory of things that happen and that can diminish their self-worth. So this is like an ever moving slide bar or graphic equalizer where you know they're all going up and down. And I'm certainly not perfect at it and I'm always learning. But try and balance between putting them in situations where they're confident, you know, doing things that they want to do, playing their way, making them happy, and then them making other people happy and them doing things for other people and them learning and serving and doing things that they're instructed and, and putting them in difficult challenges and 
Then what you do is when they um, overcome those challenges, you really reward them. And the important thing that you reward, which is on 11, so we're on number 11 of the uh, 17. This is a two-parter, remember? If you haven't listened to part two, you've jumped in, so go back to part one. So 11 is reward effort and not perfection or smart. So in the early years of raising my first son, Bobby, I, want, I wanted to make sure, and I still do, that he's got good, strong self-worth and he's got good, strong confidence. I wanted to be nice, be humble, be balanced, but I think it's so important that you've, your kids are confident. And um, so anything that he did was good. I'd say, oh, that's great, Bobby, you're really smart, you, you know. And um, having done a lot of research, it seems that the modern thinking is that if you anchor and reward your children for, for being smart, that can create some entitlement, i.e. all they have to do is think or turn up and, you know, everything will be great. And, and you, you know, you want them to believe that they're smart, but you want them to believe that they've created their own smarts through hard work, through effort, through overcoming challenges, etc. Now, here's the thing. They can't control sort of outcomes through smarts. You know, they either know it or they don't. But they can control how much effort they put into learning something, overcoming some kind of difficulty, having a breakthrough, picking up something like an instrument, for example, or a new hobby or sport, or, you know, you send them away for a while and it puts them out of their comfort zone, but they make new friends that they weren't normally that comfortable doing. So whenever they do something that gets a good reward, as well as the outcome, rewards celebrate, point out the effort, you know, how hard they tried, that they, you know, that they didn't give up as opposed to the outcome, the results. You do not want entitled kids. Entitled kids, they're not going to be entrepreneurs. They're not going to stand on their own two feet. They're going to be dependent on you. And, you know, if there's anything you want to avoid, it's entitlement or dependency, in my humble opinion. Okay, number 12 is get them listening to personal development audio early. So get it on in the car. Get it on in in the background in in the house if, if you're, you know, if you have the audio equipment. And um, even from when Bobby was not even born, I had Raising Positive Kids in a Negative World by Zig Ziglar. And I had the um, Raising Boys and Raising Girls even before Bobby and Ariana were born. Steve Bidolf as the author of those. And as many sort of personal development, audio programs, positivity, mindset, business, entrepreneurship, all that kind of stuff. I tried to get it on in the car early. And it's kind of strange because when you do things at first with your children that sometimes that you impose... You know, sometimes they accept them, but often you know you can get resistance. And uh, I used to play Tony Robbins in the car quite a lot, the Get the Edge in Personal Power, because they changed uh, my mindset back or eleven, nearly 11 years ago now. And I wanted to share that same gift with my son, and I wanted to raise him to... It's not just about being positive and fluffy, by the way. I kind of, you know, positivity is a bit one-sided. It's about being able to overcome challenges. It's about being able to see balance it's about being able to look at the upside of, of the downsides and the challenges and what you can learn and how you can grow and what you can contribute and how you can self-coach and self-manage. So it's a lot about that, not just fluffy positivity. And I remember one time I've been playing Tony Robbins over and over and over and Bobby was resisting a bit. And then, and then we started playing some songs and he enjoyed that. And then we got in the car one day and he said, Daddy, Daddy, I want Tony on. And he could, he'd only just learned to speak. And he's like, I want Tony on. And uh, I just thought, you know, that, that proves that sometimes you're doing things with your children that you're imposing upon them. And sometimes you get resistance because that's what you do. You're a parent. You know, you're taking what you didn't like and trying to protect your kids from it. You're taking what you liked and what you thought served you that your parents did and you learned. And you're trying to express those values through your children to raise them with those values. And, you know, that is to a certain degree imposition or brainwashing or whatever. And, and you know, you're doing the best with what you've got. And um, sometimes you get resistance and sometimes you think that they're just rebelling it and rejecting it. But they're not. 
So as long as it's good and as long as you, you've got a plan and an outcome and a vision for it, stick at it because it's the most beautiful experience. For example, when I'm teaching my son stuff at golf, that I think he ignores me and doesn't really do and doesn't really listen. And then when I see him and he's now got a coach because he's turned five and he's just old enough or when I see him with other kids or other parents or with Ariana, his sister, I see him doing it and teaching others. And I just think, wow, that's a gift because I was, I was convinced he wasn't listening to me at all, but he proved that it was going in. Okay, so that's number 12. Number 13 is kind of, I've almost just covered it, but let's uh, detail it some more, is that they are getting the things that you're doing for them, even though you feel that they're not. So you feel like you're nagging them. You know, sometimes I hate listening to myself. I feel like I'm the worst nag ever because I'm trying to raise Bobby to be nice to people, to say thank you, you know, all the, you know, the, the basic important things. Be grateful for everything that he's got behave in a good way you know like when he goes to golf it's not just about how well he plays but uh, the etiquette the rules the behavior and all of that is so important and you know I tr- you try don't you a million different ways to do it you try to be elegant you try to tell a story you try to be suggestive you try to ask politely and in the end you're just like just do it will you and um you know sometimes you can think oh man i, I feel like a nag but they're getting it and if it's something that you know I think, sorry, I've just twice interrupted myself there, but this is important. The key to knowing what's right is having a plan of how you want to raise your kids. So being clear on the values you want to raise them by. And and let's rewind back on that. We may have talked about that in the the first part a bit. Um, But if you have a clear set of family values, love, contribution, competition, service, gratitude, you know, always try hard, whatever they, they are. They don't have to be those. They have to be what's important to you. You write them down, you print them out, you stick them all over the house for you. And then as your kids get old enough and they understand it, you on the fridge, on the wall for them and you live by them as a family. And as well as you coaching your children, you allow your children to coach you and give you the feedback too. And, and you, you have this outcome, this clear vision of your values. So as long as what you're doing is, is in line with that vision, then if you're nagging or going on a bit or you feel like you're doing it a hundred times, that's okay. Just keep going because it will work. And, uh, you know, repetition is a really big thing with children. It is with all of us. They say it takes 21 days to make a habit, doesn't it? Or they say that it takes between nine and 11 times to be convinced of something. I think that's actually not true at all because you're a parent, if you're listening to this and you're a parent, and we know it takes like 28,000 times of asking uh, or 28,000 times to convince. But don't give up, keep going because you're getting there. All right, so number 14 is obviously it's so important to love your kids. It's important not to give them too much love and support and not enough challenge and independence and resistance and fighting back because the children will always push the boundaries of what you'll allow them to do because they're testing those boundaries to find out what they are. Children need direction and, you know, they need guidance. And um, if you let them get away with too much and, and give them too much love and you're too soft on them, then, you know, they will push those boundaries so far that they'll A, run rings around you, but B, they'll also become too entitled, like I said. But obviously, you've got to have that balance of showing them love. I used to think that you have to show them love all the time. And um, I think it's important to show them love all the time in terms of them, the person, but, uh, you know, you, you, you can't anchor bad behaviours. So, you know, it's one thing I was taught in some of the uh, books are, that, that I, I've read is that, you know, I love you, Bobby, but I don't like this behaviour. You're my son and I'll always love you no matter what you do, but I will not tolerate this behaviour. This behaviour is not good. It's not good for you. We've got to get rid of this behaviour. So let's sort of get clear on this love thing. Love them 
unconditionally. Never conditionally, never based on being or doing a certain thing or a certain way. But don't show them love when they're performing bad behaviours in terms of the behaviour. You separate them and the behaviour. And you should do that with yourself as well because when your self-esteem goes down, it's because you make a mistake or something happens you go, oh, I'm useless, oh, I'm rubbish at that, oh, I made a mistake. And what you're doing is you're taking away love for yourself based on one thing you did, which is transient, which might have been a mistake or might not have been a mistake. If you're able to say, you know, I love myself, but okay, I messed up in that particular department, or I love myself and there's plenty to learn in that, or I love myself and I need to improve in that area, that will keep your self-worth high and as will it with your children. As important as loving them is loving their mother or father if you're their father or mother. So showing love, affection, always talking well, respecting and loving your partner is so important because uh, there's been a lot of studies. Now, I'm not an expert in this part, so I'm going to kind of almost say hands out here. I've certainly seen this raising kids, but, you know, I don't want you to think I'm a a child psychologist or anything like that. But there's certainly a lot of information on there that your children will behave with the opposite sex, how their parents of the opposite sex behaved. So if you always love and respect and honour your husband or wife, girlfriend or boyfriend, they are likely, most likely, if you are their most impressionable, impressioning adult, they are likely to perform that same way to, you know, their friends who are girls or boys and ultimately the people that they end up falling in love with. So it's really important to show affection and love for for their mother or father. Even if you're uh, split, which you may be, and I, I can imagine that's the hardest thing ever, I'm lucky enough that I'm still with the mother of my children and I plan on being that forever and I'd probably endure quite a lot of difficulties now that I've got kids that I might not. The greatest gift you can give to them in raising them and teaching them to treat people with love and respect is to do the same because, as you know, kids don't uh, do what you say, they do what you do. Uh, and it's quite funny, actually, because I can see this when I give Gemma affection and you know give her a hug and, and whatever. I can see it in Bobby and he comes and wants to give a hug too and I can see a change in his face. And uh, yeah, I, thinking back to my parents, they rarely, if ever, argued at all. And my mum and dad have always shown the utmost amounts of love and respect. Now, I was going to say that's maybe what's made me a stable individual, but that's definitely up for discussion and debate. Not everyone would call me a stable individual. So, yeah, we'll leave that one there. But certainly when you see a lot of disharmony with people and you track how their parents behave with each other, you can certainly see some things that carried through. So if you're in control of that situation, that's one of the greatest gifts you can give them. All right, take them along. Number 15. Number 15 is get them involved with personal development events. Take them to courses. Take them to you know seminars, events. Take them to places, to auctions if you're in property. Take them to business transaction, business networking events. Take them to these sort of like, you know, the personal development positivity seminars. Take them with you as much as you can, obviously, you know, when they're old enough. But the amount of people that have brought babies or young kids to our personal development and property and um, business seminars, and as long as it's good for health and safety, then, you know, I'm always open to that because I think, what a great gift. Because, you know, they're always assimilating their brain. It's like a sponge, even when they can't talk and even when you think they're not listening. So what a great gift you can do. And I always feel really grateful, honoured, humbled, and a great sense of responsibility, I might add, when um, young youths, young entrepreneurs come to our events. Sometimes I have to care, be careful with my expletives. Uh, so, yeah, 
take them along to all the ones that you can, encourage them to be interested in it. Now try and get it to come from them because obviously the, sometimes they can resist you the most because it's coming from you. And this is kind of, yeah, let's make this number 16 then because I'm going to link this to 15. And that is that you want them to have a role model in their life that they'll listen to that's not you. So whether it's an uncle or an aunt or a friend's parent who they, you know, they really uh, enjoy being with because they may more likely listen to them than they would to you. It's quite funny because we have got like the most well-behaved five-year-old ever. Like his school reports and how he's at school, everyone just thinks he's a darling. Bring him home and he is running me around like an idiot. And, uh, you know, this is the stage that we're in. And hey, I love him, so it's okay. But sometimes I feel like I was born to service his every requirements. You know, I feel like I should be peeling his grapes and fanning him. And I just feel like his little beach. And it's funny sometimes how, you know, the people that they love the most, they can often mess around the most. So if you can have another person that's not you, that's always, that's not always nagging them and not always on them or pushing them or not pushing them or whatever it is that you do or don't do, And then you converse with them to have like a little strategy or a plan. So for example, Bobby has a golf coach. So I talk to to Aaron and talk about what he wants to, what we want to work on and kind of we're working together. So we're on the same page. And so Aaron can say some of the things that he needs to work on and he'll listen to him because he won't listen to me because it's someone else that he respects and and because he's out in the public domain and it's other people, um, you know, he behaves really well. So get, get them some kind of mentor or family member Time away from you is good. You know, they say, don't they, that the greatest gift of love is time. And I I certainly felt like when Bobby was born for the first nine months, I didn't spend anywhere enough time with him. And Gemma sat me down and said, Rob, you know, your business might be doing well, but if you don't spend enough time with Bobby, then you're not going to know you're someone who's 18. And that really hit me hard. And that was a shock. You can have all the money in the world, but if you're not spending enough time with your kid, then, you know, that is, you're going to regret that. And I got that. But if you spend all day, every day with your kids, because everything is balanced. And, you know, when we're looking to be better parents and we're reading the books and listening to the audios and open-minded and talking to other parents, often what we're doing naively is we're looking for extremes. Okay, so, you know, you've got to love them all the time. You've got to give them loads of love or you've got to give them loads of time. Your kids don't want to spend 12 hours a day with you. <laughs> you know, so, so if you're only spending half an hour a day, it's more. But I know with Bobby, if once I start to spend about three or four hours a day with him or a concentrated amount of time, it winds him up. He needs... He needs space from me and it's good for him and it's healthy for him and it's healthy for our relationship as my fiance does. She needs time on her own. She she seems to, hmm, what would I say? Because you might be listening. Certainly when we have time apart, they say absence makes the heart grow fonder. So you've got to balance your time, not being too much in their face and not spending all day every day with them, letting them get balance of spending time with other people. But if you're one of those people who's not spending enough time, you've got to spend some good time with them. And that's the greatest gift with having a common interest. Like uh, for me, it's golf or a hobby. So that leads us to number 17, which is get them into some kind of hobby, sport early, which teaches great values. Because if they resist you, which they will, when you're going on and on and on and on and on, if they can have a good mentor who's a coach, like a martial arts instructor or a golf coach, and also the sport or the hobby itself has got great values, like golf's got etiquette, it's got being well-behaved, dressing well, you know, you've got to wait your turn, you've got, you know, you've got to honour and be grateful and shake hands and be, be sportsmanlike and count and do your score and all these things. So get them into some hobby, which will also challenge them, like martial arts, you know, challenge them, flexibility, grading, you know, with other kids who are at a higher level. 
So give them growth, but give them support and community and team and give them great values through the sport. Get them into something really early that can be great at. When they're great at something, they'll have high self-worth. They'll be confident at school. They won't get bullied. And that's a great service you can do for them. I can see the batteries flashing at me on this uh, podcast recorder. So I've got to finish really quick. The last one you do, number 18, say sorry a lot. Say thank you a lot. Hug them a lot. Kiss them a lot. Let them be right. Let them win. Do that with your fiance. Do that with your husband. Do that with your wife. Do that with your staff. Sorry, thank you. You know, I care about you. I love you. I appreciate you. Say that a lot. That solves a lot, even when you don't mean it. (laughs) Okay, I hope you enjoyed this uh, Raising Positive Kids Part 2. Remember, if you don't risk anything, you risk everything. Make sure you're in the Disruptive Entrepreneurs community. Come and get involved, share, ask questions, be part of the community. And you can just search the Disruptive Entrepreneurs community on Facebook. You'll find us. And follow me on Facebook, which is Rob Moore Progressive. Thank you very much. 